Well, good morning. Morning, morning everybody. Hello, 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 hello. Good morning. Can I just clarify tonight, tonight for our Christmas uh, carol service, you're more than welcome. We would love to have you here uh, as we uh, do our carols for the community. It's for the community in here. Can you bring my sound down, please, Mercy? It's way too loud. And then also it's for community outside in the community. Uh, There are registrations. They have closed, but we would love you here. And so if you could go to the Ask Me desk straight after the service and register, uh, we'll make sure we've got room for you tonight. We're going to have about 250 people here. Uh, We're going to clear the auditorium seats here. We'll have people down the front, kids down the front, carols from the stage, food outside, food in the cafe, jumping castle for all the adults. And um, what else are we doing? Popcorn, fairy floss, uh, fun activities. So be here. Uh, We're giving away gifts to all the children that have registered under 13 years of age. So all those that have registered Registered under 13 years of age, we've got some amazing sponsors that are helping us out with that. Everyone say comfort and joy. Comfort and joy is what we're talking about. It's our theme for our Christmas period right throughout the Christmas uh, December time because it's the message of Christmas. This is what the message of Christmas was and is, comfort and joy for all people. Anyone in the room a little bit weary? Come on. Anyone in the room a little bit joyful? Joyful, joyful. Yes, we are. And yet we're weary at the same time and our world's weary and needs comfort and joy. Just like it was when Jesus was born. Just like it was in those very difficult times. You know, this thought of comfort and joy, it's not a strange thought to us because we sing it this time of year uh, in a carol called um, um, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, uh, which is an amazing carol written in the 16th century, a carol that proclaims the truth of the gospel and a depth of theology that people singing it don't really understand what they are singing. And in terms of the lyrics, I don't think I put the lyrics up here, but let me run through the lyrics just a little bit for you like I did last week. God rest you, merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Saviour was born on Christmas Day. Listen to this. To save us all from Satan's power, when we were gone astray, O tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Written a long time ago that we still sing today. Everyone sings their hearts out around the Christmas tree when they're singing that carol, not quite realizing what they proclaim. People that don't even believe in Satan. People that don't even believe necessarily in Jesus or in God sing that merrily and are singing and proclaiming truth and what we would understand as uh, God truth, theological truth, from God's word around Christmas time. Not only did carol writers proclaim that, it was also proclaimed by Jeremiah and prophesied some 600 years before the birth of Jesus about the comfort and joy that would come. It says, then young women will dance and be glad and young men and old as well and I will turn their mourning into gladness and I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. God wants to give you comfort and joy instead of 
sorrow. You know, comfort and joy, I said last week, it's the Christ gift. It's the Christ gift for every one of us is comfort and joy. It's what was announced by the angels when they announced joy to the world, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. So last week, we started talking about a big theological concept called the incarnation. The incarnation nation where Jesus came to earth which is what the Christmas story and account is all about where it says so the word which is Jesus became human and made his home among us and he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory the glory of the father's one and only son this is the incarnation Jesus God coming to earth taking on flesh coming to us for us and becoming one with us. And then we looked also last week at Matthew 1, where it says the virgin, Mary, will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Today I want to give you five ways to unwrap this gift of comfort and joy we're talking about over the next few weeks but particularly comfort five ways to unwrap this gift of comfort number one prayer don't go to a sleep on me now but turn to your neighbor and say pray pray prayer is such a simple basic 101 following God discipleship practice and concept and discipline it's simply talking to God and letting God talk to you so it's talking and listening some people don't understand that about communication communication is two-way communication is someone talking someone listening the other person talking and you listening and that's what prayer is don't ever underlook the value the importance of prayer because it's a simple thing because simple things often have the biggest impacts in our lives it's the simple things of life not the complex things that have the most impact this is what Paul says about why we should pray he says let your gentleness first of all be evident to all and then he hints at the incarnation because the Lord is near You know, the fact that God came to earth, that Jesus came to earth, was born, died, rose again for us, establishes the fact that God is eternally near to us. And so Paul says, let that bring a gentleness about you and let it be evident to all people. And then he says these words that drive us crazy at this time of year when life gets a little bit crazy. Anyone's life a bit crazy at the moment? Anyone got a bit of cray-cray going on? Uh, A bit of busyness, a bit of activity, a bit of pressure, uh, a little bit of stress? Well, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the first thing Paul establishes is this, is understand God is with you. God is near you. God is with you. And God is near you. So tell him what you need. Tell him what you want. Tell him what your requests are. Come before him and petition him. And also do it with a spirit of thankfulness. And then he says, there will be this shield of peace that will come. This presence, this person of God will shield your heart and will also shield your mind. Do you know why it's important to shield your heart? and to shield your mind with peace is because when you're not peaceful you give off that that sense to everybody 
to everybody when you're not peaceful. When you're not peaceful, it comes out of your words. When you're not peaceful, it flows out of your heart. Your body, um, your body is sensing all the time atmospheres and it's giving off atmospheres all the time out of our heart out of our mind the way that we present if you're ever in the presence of somebody that's overwhelmed you feel that sense of overwhelm if you're in the presence of someone that's tranquil peaceful you feel peace and here Paul says the God of peace the God of peace when he comes you'll feel his peace You'll feel it guarding your heart. You'll feel it guarding your mind. I love what the psalmist says. He says this in Psalm 10. He says, Lord, you know the hopes of the helpless and surely you will hear their cries and comfort them. Can I suggest to you that comfort is who God is and comfort is what God does. It's who he is and it's what he does. So when he comes close to me, I feel his comfort. When he comes close to me, when I understand that God is near, I'm not afraid, I feel his peace, I feel his comfort, because that's who he is. Paul picks up on this theme in 1 Corinthians, and he says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, God, our merciful Father, the source of all comfort, the source of all comfort. In other words, that's where it starts. That's the base that's the 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 place of all beginning of comfort is God and he says he comforts us in all of our troubles it's interesting to note that the Holy Spirit is called the comforter the comforter it's one of the titles the names that frame for us the understanding of who the Holy Spirit is he's called the comforter comforter Uh, John put it this way he said I'll pray to the father and he will give you another helper is what Jesus said which is a Greek word parakletos meaning comforter that he may abide with you forever you know when you pray you feel closer to God than ever When you pray, you feel God near to you. That's why we need to pray to make it today, to understand he's near. So I will not be anxious because I've asked God, I've prayed to God, I've come close to this one who is the God of peace. The second thing, they all start with P because that's what good preachers do, is promises. The promises of God bring comfort. They bring comfort to us. And Christmas, this season, is a celebration, a culmination of different promises and prophecies um, in the Bible. Number one, in Micah, we're told where Jesus would be born. It speaks about Bethlehem, this little village. And it says, a ruler of Israel will come from you, one whose origins are from distant past. That was prophesied B.C. 710. In B.C. 742, it was prophesied how he would come. It says, the Lord himself will choose the sign and the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and call him Emmanuel God with us imagine having your birth prophesied 700 and something years before you came nobody prophesied my arrival 700 years before I arrived nobody wrote about Tony coming or your name coming 
but they did about Jesus. It was a prophecy. It was a literal promise given. And then we're told who he would become. Isaiah prophesies, this child born to us, this son given to us, the government will rest upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. And then we're told what he will do. In Isaiah 61, another prophecy which Jesus used in the New Testament when he walked into the temple and opened the scroll and read from it. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to announce the captives will be, clear, uh, captives <clears throat> will be released and prisoners will be freed. He sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. You know, Peter, when he writes in the New Testament, he writes this, he says, we have been given precious promises, great and precious promises um, that God has given to us. Do you know what a promise is? A promise is literally, in terms of when God makes a promise, it's an offer with a guarantee. It's an offer with a guarantee. It's a guaranteed word from God. If God said it, that's it. Some make the mistake of saying, God said it, I believe it, that's it. Got nothing to do with you believing it. If God said it, that settled it. And God said a lot of things in the Old Testament and in the New Testament that he has promised that he would do. And we find comfort in that. The third comfort we find is in people. People are sometimes a... Pain. But people are also great comfort for us. They really are. Because comfort comes from connection. It comes from being connected. And this is why Christmas is so special for many people and also hard for others. Because for some, they don't have that sense of belonging, that sense of connectedness, that sense of family, that sense of community. And, and it's a lonely time. It's a, it's a difficult time. Whereas others do. And for those that do, they find great comfort in that sense of community and coming together. Do you know what most people do when they get themselves in trouble? What most people do when they get themselves in trouble or they're overwhelmed or they're stressed is they isolate themselves and they play hide and seek with their friends. And hide and seek is a difficult game to play when you're a big person because there's no good things that come out of playing hide and seek. Like I'll hide, see who seeks me. I'll hide, see who comes looking for me. I'll not come, see who misses me. I'll not turn up, see if anyone texts me, anyone calls me, anyone visits me, anyone notices me not being there. The responsibility is ours personally to build our community, our connection, our sense of belonging. Paul says this about comfort. He says, all praise to God. For the, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, God is our merciful Father, and He is the source of all comfort. Oh, hello. Hello. Thank you. He is the source of all comfort. I'm good, but I'm not that good. Sorry about that. He comforts us into all, listen to this, He comforts us in all of our troubles. Why? So that we can comfort others. He comforts us in all of our sorrows so that we can comfort 
others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. This is the beauty of family. This is the beauty of community. This is the beauty of belonging. This is the beauty of connection, that we can comfort others with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. That's why it's important to be together. One is the loneliest number. It is. It's the loneliest number. When we come together and we gather together and we're with people, we're with our people, we're with our tribe, we're with our connections, we're with people that love us and we love them, there's comfort in being in that and through that. Here's my favorite P, perspective. You know, perspective is everything. Perspective is everything. There's a verse in the Bible that I want you to grab a hold of today and to really appreciate and understand the power of this little statement that the psalmist wrote in Psalm 46.10. He says, be still and know that I am God. You be still and you know that I am God. Be still is what the psalmist is saying about God. Be still and just let God be God. Be still and let God be God. One of the things I think we all need to learn is we need to learn who is God and who is not. Who is God and who is not? And the psalmist is saying, know that God is God. And when you know that God is God, it allows you to have a stillness about you. It allows you to have that peace nature and peaceful nature and comfort nature about you. And so my thought is this, and I'd like you to turn to your neighbor and say it, stop trying to be God. Stop trying to be God. I gave up trying to be God a long time ago because I realized that was never going to be the case. By that I mean this, I can't control everything. I can't control everything and I certainly can't control everyone. I can't control you and you can't control me. I am totally out of control. (laughs) You are too. And yet people try and control people all the time and living that way is going to cause you a lot of frustration and can I suggest as you sit around family tables and as you gather with family and as you gather with people if you have that sense of wanting to be God you're going to have a painful Christmas you're going to have a painful Christmas season the way to enjoy it is be still in other words peace out (laughs) just chill just relax you're not God you're not God God let God be God Let God be God. So there's some things I can't control. You know, things I can't control is the way other people act. I can't control the way other people act. I can't control what other people do. I can't control the opinions of other people. I can't control what happens around me. I can't control that. I can't control what other people think of me. I can't control that. And there used to be days when that that bothered me because I was concerned. I was insecure. Anyone else in the room being a little bit insecure at different times in their life? Anyone a little bit insecure right now? It's part of our humanness, insecurity. And there, there was a time as a pastor, I was concerned what people thought about me and what people said about me and the critiques that you would hear, the whispers that you would hear. I can't control that. And I had to come to a place of understanding I'm not God. And so just be still. My job is to be still and not worry about the things I can't control. But the things that I can control are these, my thoughts, my actions, 
my behaviour, my attitude. I can control that. My boundaries, what I give my energy to, what I invest in, I, I control that. How I speak to myself, I can control that. Others will say what they say, but it's how I speak to myself that guides me, that centres me, that settles me, that keeps me at peace with God and with life. How I handle challenges, I can control all of those things. So keeping perspective of things is really important. Knowing who you are and who you are not and knowing who the other people in your world are and who they are not is also helpful. You are limited. You are human and you are not perfect. You are limited. You are human. This is a very encouraging sermon. And you are not perfect. You will make mistakes. You will say silly things. You will do dumb dumb. You will. I promise you. It may happen over the Christmas period. Others will do it also. Don't play God on them. Don't play God on them. You be still and know who is God. Be still and know who is God. That sense of trying to control everything and control everyone, it's going to get you wound up, bound up. It's going to get you shut up. It's going to stop you up. It's going to emotionally constipate you. It's going to keep you held bound If you live that way, perspective is really important. I remember the first time I flew in a plane. I'd never been up high before. Uh, I didn't particularly like going up heights. I was was kind of a little nervous about heights. And I remember how chaotic everything looks around me down here, like on earth, on on my level, on, on my perspective level. But when I flew in a plane, the first time I looked out of a plane and I looked down from the height on how things were around on, on the land here, everything seemed so structured. Everything seemed so ordered. Everything seemed to have its little place. The little towns, the cities, the farms, the boundaries, the roads. Everything made sense the higher I went. And you know, it's a true principle in life. The higher you go, more, everything just makes more sense. Everything becomes clearer when you get a little bit of perspective. So this Christmas period, make sure you get perspective. My fourth P is purpose. You know, we were made on purpose and we were made for purpose. And God uses every experience we have as part of our purpose in life. God brings good out of every challenging moment and every challenging season. Paul tells us that God will cause everything to work together for the good of those who love God. Anyone in the room love God today? God's God's working stuff for you. He's working your junk for you so that it will come about that God will bring good and God will bring purpose even out of those experiences. In fact, God uses our pain Yes, God uses our pain, and our pain often becomes our purpose in life. In other words, the things you go to or through are often the things you will go to at a latter stage to to use that in terms of helping other people and comforting other people. Comfort. It's an unusual concept, comfort. Like it's not an easy con- concept to really communicate uh, with, with words. Um, I find it quite challenging to actually impactfully explain what I mean when I say God is a God of comfort. Because we all experience comfort in different ways. Um, some of us like to go to the beach and 
just walk the beach and get the sand in between your toes and feel that water. For some, they want to walk in the forest and get barefoot on the grass and, you know, do something like that. For some, comfort's on a golf course or sitting around a table with a few friends and a few mates or a barbecue or food or a gathering and whatever. But I thought the best way to explain this word comfort to you this morning was to kind of illustrate it to you. So I want my assistant to come to stage. Give Daryl a big hand as he comes. You know, the word comfort in the Hebrew, it means to, it means to console. It means to be moved with pity, compassion, and ultimately comfort. The, the translators decided out of all those choices of words that they would use comfort more often than any of the others to describe what they meant that when they were talking about this God being a God of comfort. It's a basic, fund, its basic fundamental meaning is to sigh or to breathe strongly. So I'm going to ask Daryl to come and stand right over here in front of me. And this may get a bit weird and a bit awkward for Daryl. <laughs> Not for you. But this is what God did in the incarnation. Daryl represents all of mankind. Daryl represents you. Daryl represents all of us. Just pretend for a moment I'm God. I'm the faraway God who has humanity in trouble. They're broken, they're hurting, they're wounded. I'm moved because I created them. I want to be close to them. So what do I do? I send myself. I send my son, my one and only son, to earth. Because I don't want to be that far away God anymore. I want to be that up close personal God. And so I want to come to humanity in the form of a baby who becomes a man. And I want to get up close. And I want to get personal. And I want to comfort humanity. And I want humanity to feel my... I told you it was going to get weird. My sigh. I want humanity to feel my... My breath. I want humanity to feel my closeness, my comfort, my... As awkward as that is for Daryl, and awkward for me too, can I just say that to feel the sigh of somebody, come back, I haven't finished with you yet, to feel the sigh of somebody, you've got to be close. You've got to be connected. You've got to be in that, that zone of intimacy to feel the size. And that's what God brought to us when Jesus came. And that's what the incarnation is all about. This is the story of Christmas. God's comfort, God's sigh, God's closeness, God's person. And so God comes close and he 
size. The Holy Spirit is called our our breath. Breath. God is spirit, literally. Breath is what the Bible means. Yahweh, the name of God. Y-A-H-A-W. Is it it? Without the vowels is how it's pronounced. And literally, it means you inhale for the first two letters, Y-H, and you exhale for the last two. When a baby's born, the first breath, they inhale, they exhale. The first thing they do is that thing about the name of God. It's the breath of God. The last thing a human being does when they die is... Jesus came and brought his to comfort us from our first breath to our last breath. The comfort of God. And so the comfort of God is felt when we understand the Lord is near. Do not be anxious for anything. Don't let the anxieties of life that are messing with your head control everything. Feel my breath. Feel my sigh, feel my person, feel my presence, feel my comfort, feel my compassion, feel my empathy for what you're going through. That's what Christmas is all about. Isaiah talks about this faraway God that has now become this close God. And that's what God has done for every one of us. Would you thank my lovely assistant? Thank you, Darren. I think that's why the psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. I think that's part of the concept here, is in our stillness we feel his closeness. In our fast-paced life and lifestyles and society... We are often not still enough to understand and feel his closeness or hear his sigh or hear his breath. I sigh on a regular basis. Anyone else in the room sigh on a regular basis? I just feel myself sitting down at the end of a day and when I, when I get home and I just... After a, after a tough day, after a hard day, after my labour, after my work, after I've exercised my mind, my body... I, I come home, I, I sit down, and when I'm relaxed, I feel myself sigh. You know, the sighs are missed if there's no closeness. They're missed. And the sigh of God should never be missed. Because the sigh of God and the breath of God is designed to bring life to us. The Holy Spirit is referred to literally as the breath of God. The breath of God. When they gathered in the upper room on the day of Pentecost and they were seeking the Lord, he came with his breath and he breathed life into them. Spirit into them. Every time you breathe, it's a reminder of God being in you. God's breath in you. I think that may be why the psalmist said, be still. Just be still. When I'm still, 
I slow down. I'm peaceful. I feel God. I feel his presence. People call it mindfulness. People call it being in the moment. People call it meditation. I call it perspective. Just to take a moment and stop. And still my mind. Still my mind from all the things that I can't control. And still my heart. So that when I'm in the presence of others, they feel that peace of God that I carry. I want you to know this Christmas that God is very much in you. God is very much with you. God is very much for you. And in all the chaos, you can have peace. And you can have comfort. And you can have joy. Because joy has nothing to do with my circumstances. Joy has a lot to do with my heart. Joy has a lot to do with my mind. And comfort has a lot to do with my heart. And comfort has a lot to do with my mind. And my mind is comforted when I understand that He is God. I'm not. You're not. And when he comes to us, I wanted to do this to Daryl, but it would just be a bit awkward. He just gives you the biggest hug. Just the biggest hug. Would you stand to your feet right now? We're not going to finish with a song today. We're going to finish with a hug. Is that okay? Just close your eyes. I just feel like heaven wants to hug people today. Don't worry, we're not going to have anyone come and hug you. All you guys can relax. Just close your eyes right now. Feel the sigh of God. Feel his breath. Breath is life. Your stillness promotes and makes you more aware. Of his presence. Father, I pray today, right across this room, that people young and old, no matter what their situation or circumstance or worry or anxiety or concern might be, would very much feel the hug of heaven right now and understand that's what Christmas is all about. It's about you, Father of heaven coming to earth 
to hold this world and to breathe your life and the breath of God into us and to be close to us. So for every man, woman, child in this room today, hold them right now. Because some people are approaching Christmas with anxiety, with pain, with hurt, with tension, with stress, and with strife. And I speak your word into hearts today to be still and know that he is God and be comforted by that thought today of an up-close, personal God, our paraclete, our comforter, the Holy Spirit. For every one of us, he's here today. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So God rest you, merry gentlemen. God rest you, merry gentlemen. The modern day translation of that is God make you strong. God keep you strong, gentlemen. God keep you strong. Let nothing you dismay in this Christmas season. God bless you today. Cafe's open for hospitality. Thank you for our online community today. So good to have you joining us today. If you're traveling over the Christmas break and you're away over the next few weeks, make sure you take care and enjoy your holiday. And tonight, don't forget tonight, we're coming in here tonight to really celebrate and to really party with our community and let them know that God loves them. So if you could join us tonight, that would be wonderful. If you could be here, if you've not yet registered, you can do so at the Ask Me desk as you leave this morning. God bless you. Thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you.